The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went out along the sea. All the crowd came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the customs post. Jesus said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed Jesus. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners sat with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Some scribes who were Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors and said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard this and said to them, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, it's, I think it's always perhaps a bit perplexing, you know, you see uh, the way that Jesus is interacting in these scenes, and I think we don't, we don't um, really expect it of him, or, or at least, I will say, if we, if we allow the gospel to, to kind of, to have its full effect, I think it's perhaps always surprising. I mean, it's surprising because, you know, we're seeing uh, God's grace at work, and good to be, I think, surprised by the narrative of the gospel and and uh, Jesus and his, and his action there, uh, because um, prepares us in in the way that it that it does. It prepares us uh, to receive the surprising grace of God uh, in our own hearts and and lives as well. And really, that's uh, that's what Jesus is going for. I think. I mean, this is why we're we're summoned uh, to him. Uh, in order to be renewed by his uh, his always new grace, and and so be about again the work of restoration uh, in the world, uh, you know we we get this get this little clip at the end. You know I did not come to call the righteous, uh, but sinners. You know I don't know how many of us are are downcast at, at that reality. <laughs> I mean, oh man, like I'm. Uh, am I not righteous? I mean, this, right, the, the challenge, I think, is to say we very often operate on a, on a plane, other th- like on a, on a level other than the level of, of Jesus, the level that, that he's working at. And uh, I think it's, it's um, perhaps well summed up in, in, in one, of my, one of the little mottos that I've, that I've come to love, that Jesus didn't come to, to make bad men good. He came to make uh, dead men alive. And it's not, and and I think it's a, that's a difficult saying for us as well, because what we see, and this is the this is the real challenge, right? Is what we see is perhaps bad men becoming good, and what's going on in in the in the realm uh, that Jesus is operating in is dead men are becoming alive. Now, and I think we, and I think then it's ours also to appropriate that reality for ourselves, and say, okay, yes, I'm not perhaps acting in the most virtuous way in this space, that space, in the other space. Right? I'm, I'm perhaps not showing up in the way that Jesus would want me to show up. I'm not, I'm not always animated by charity, right? Perhaps we say we say those kind of things. And those are places then where we, where we might say, well, this is me, say, being bad, or like not as, not as good as I otherwise could be. 
But the reality of it is that those also are places where we are dead. Right? There are places where we're, we're dead to God's living word. We're dead to the renewing effect of God's own life of love. Um, we're dead to uh, not only say um, we're not receiving his, his grace, his love. We're, also, we're perhaps also not, not living according to his love. We're not pouring ourselves out in charity, which is part of the reception of charity, right? This is just the, say, the calculus of, of grace that, that in receiving love, we have to love, right? So it, our receiving love can also be measured in the, uh, in the way that we pour ourselves out, in the, in the way that we give ourselves away. So this is the plane that Jesus is, Jesus is operating on, death and, death and life. And what he's doing is he's connecting people to the, let's say, divine source, right? the wellspring of, of all life, of all goodness, of, of all truth. Um, they, they are becoming alive to God and his purposes. And so then they're living the, the fully flourishing uh, human life. They're living, they're living a life that is, say, uh, that has them connected to the divine source of, of sustenance, God's own life of love. And they then are embodied. This is, of course, what, what humans do in a way that no other creature does. Uh, they're embodying God's own life of love. Okay? And, and this is it uh, for, uh, for us as well. Yeah, this is, this is uh, you know, we have in front of us also you know, two you know, di- different agendas for the renewal of God's people, for the renewal of Israel. And I think it's important to point it out because we often are pulled, pulled off away from God's agenda for, renew- for the renewal of his people into some other agenda. And you can see that, you know, this is, say, more basely political, the agenda of, of Jesus' day. And, uh, and uh, of course, um, you know, what, what was going on in the, in the hearts and minds of the scribes and the Pharisees as they see what Jesus is doing affecting the renewal of Israel. They're saying, they're standing back saying, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Right? Why is, why is Jesus not observing the proper lines of demarcation? What does it mean, tax collectors and sinners? It means those who are collaborating with our enemies. So how is that going to affect the, the renewal that we want of, of Israel when Jesus is collaborating with, with our enemies? Yeah, so it, it's, it's basically, more basically political. Yeah, the, the agenda is the purification of, of Israel uh, along the lines of allegiance. And of course, the allegiance runs right through um, the scribes and the Pharisees. You know, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought, right, that the plan runs right through, right through them, right? They're the guardians of, of the plan. Jesus, Jesus is looking beyond that. Yeah, he's looking beyond that to whom? These, these tend to be people that, say, tax collectors, sinners, whatever. These are people who have, say, nothing to lose, seems to be. Right? So they have nothing to protect, nothing to defend, nothing to lose. They have then the freedom to follow Jesus when he calls. So this is for us, right? What is preventing us from following Jesus with everything we've got?
Right? When the call comes, what are, what are we afraid to lose by following him in faith? Right? That next step, that next step, that next step. Of course, we celebrate in the feast of, of St. Hilary of Poitiers, fantastic early theologian of the church and bishop who was himself exiled because of his theological position, essentially, is defending the divinity of Jesus. And, uh, and, the, and the rulers of, of his day were not, were not keen on that because they had their own, had their own plan. But he was willing to, to suffer exile for the sake of the position. He's not going to retract and, and recant and the, and the rest. Right? He's going to defend the truth with his, with his life. So this is, this is us too, right? Can we live in, in integrity, the faith to which we've been summoned? Which means, you know, Jesus, first and foremost, Jesus in, in all things. And as he comes by today to call us out of our, out of our own death and, and, and darkness and the right, in, into, into his light and life, um, we're, we're all the more eager to follow him. Follow him in all things, uh, at all times and in every way. Uh, but he will, he will come by our custom post today and say, follow me. And when we say, we get up, right? we get up out of the darkness of death. We get up into the light of life uh, and we follow him with everything we've got.